0: What's up? It's Marvin of the Miles Ahead Podcast. For today's episode, I will be giving my perspective between the beef with JJ Redick and Bob Cousy. I will also be giving my review of the conference finals, as well as my prediction for the NBA finals. Now, let's get into it. But first, I'm going to tell you guys to hit the like, comment, and subscribe. Also, hit the notifications to go along with it. And not only that, I will also be telling you guys that all of my other content that I've created, it's on Anchor, Spotify, and also on Google. Those are like the major like type of platforms that it's available on. So you can see all 40 plus episodes that I've already done on there as well. So, but on YouTube this is my fifth episode on YouTube so this is where this is where it may seem a little bit confusing pertaining to the numbers right now I'm at episode I think 43 so that's why so so now that you know we're going to dive into the first segment which was between the beef with JJ Redick and Bob Cousy. So my perspective on the JJ Reddick and Bob Cousy situation is first, let me explain to you what JJ Reddick was saying. JJ Reddick, he was saying that, that he doesn't want to hear anything about Bob Cousy at all. At first, you know, he was talking to this guy by the name of Mike Russo. He's like a big radio talking head. And basically, you know, he just gets perspective on, on the old times and things of that nature. And, you know, there's nothing really wrong with that at all. But, you know, he was just, you know, caping for Bob Cousy so much. And JJ Redick, you know, he decided to take shots at Bob Cousy saying that he never shot above 40% within his career. And not only that, he tried to say that he played against cab drivers and bus drivers and firefighters, which is a little bit true, but at the same time, JJ Redick, he's also out of line because in any era, JJ Redick would be a role player, right? So so essentially, JJ Redick, he said that he does not want to take anybody seriously unless they're from the 80s on down, which is kind of impossible because the 80s players, they learn from the 70 players, and the 70s players learned from the 60 players and so on and so forth. I believe that the NBA started in maybe about 1946. So that's, so that's the thing that, that he's missing. Plus, in my opinion, great players, they could play in any era. And for JJ Reddick to say something like that, he's wrong. And yes, in some instances, he is right. Because during that time, the league wasn't integrated with Blacks, especially during Bob Cousy's time. So it does kind of make sense to a degree. But he should not totally just disrespect the whole era that Bob Cousy grew up in. He he was great for his time, but once that Jerry West and Oscar Robinson's rookie season, once they came in, they were immediately better than Bob Cousy, okay? And then a second year, Bob Cousy never made the All-NBA first team again, right? So basically, Bob Cousy, he was great for his time, okay? He made some great passes that that even in today's time, you know, would be stellar. But as far as, like, him being that guy and things of that nature, no, that was Bill Russell. They didn't want anything before Bill Russell got there. And and as soon as he got there, that's that's when success came. Okay. That's when the success came. When Bill Russell got there, they won a championship. And then after that, it went on a long streak to win the championships. So oh. basically Bill Russell, he's the reason for their success. And there were also other great players, which were Elgin Baylor, Dale Goodrich, Hondo Havlicek. You know what I'm saying? So you can't disrespect the whole entire era. And to me, like I said, JJ Reddick, he would be a role player in any era of his career. If you were to put him in the 60s, 70s, 80s, he would be just shooting, shooting the ball. That's it. Okay. These players, they they were transcendent. So, and to me, I, I do think that. You know, there's some things that other players can take away from Bob Cousy. There's some things that there, there's some things that that people can take away from Jerry West and Oscar Robertson as well. So, to me, I just think that JJ Reddick he's right and then he's wrong. So, and Bob Cousy, he's right and he's wrong because during his era, he did not really you know put that much work in until Bill Russell got there. you know what I'm saying like and then and then then as soon as Jerry West and Oscar Robinson got there and and then on top of that all the other type of black players got integrated, that's when you started to see the decline but, he did do some things for his time. So you can't take that away from him. As for, you know, like some of the things that people are missing is back in the day, they didn't have the the nutritionists. They didn't have the the coach that would teach you how to dribble for, for two hours. They didn't have, you know, the sneakers. They didn't even have the right type of court during that time within the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So, like, if you were to give the players uh, of that era those things, they would be great even now. So, to me, that was wrong for J.J. Reddick to say that. And not only that, this this is why I think that great players would be great in any era because of the drive to be great. They're not going to stop. They're going to continue to practice. They're going to continue to put the work in, develop their skills. Really, what wins championships is skills. Skills win championships, right? LeBron James, as athletic as he is, he's still skillful. Kobe Bryant, Athletic, but skillful, right? John Stockton, skillful. Now, John Stockton, he didn't win any championships, but, you know, if it wasn't for the Bulls, they might have won a championship. But it didn't happen that way. But I will say this is that, you know, for Steph Curry, he won championships off of his skills. And... Yes, athleticism is very key, but it can only take you so far. High basketball IQ and also the drive and also the skills will win you championships and keep you within being the top 10 or top 75 of all time. So that's my perspective on the beef between. Bob Cousy, and JJ Redick. Next I'm going to move on to is the conference finals review. So between, so first we're going to start out with the conference finals between the Heat and the Celtics. That series was extremely close. It should not have even gone seven games because of the amount of injuries that the Heat were going through. They had a chance to win the game with about 18 seconds left on the the shot clock. And guess who decided to go for the three? Jimmy Butler. Guess who missed it? Jimmy Butler. That's not his game. And he made the wrong decision doing that. He probably should have just tried to lay it up or Going for two, but he decided to take three. A put up three. But like I said, he was bugging. He should have never even took that shot. And I know that he wanted to leave it all on the floor and things of that nature. And it looks good, but it doesn't look good in terms of the win. They lost. So to me, I think that you know Jimmy Butler. He he played his heart out, and you know. He kind of was giving up excuses, you know, in terms of his knee inflammation, because he didn't play well for about three games. And then and then in game six, he finally decided to show up and show show how good that he really is and how good that he can be. But in game seven, you know, he decided he did take over, but he didn't. He didn't do enough to win that game, and neither did the role players as well. Kyle Lowry, he was just, he was missing free throws, so was Jimmy Butler. So, and then on top of that, you know what else is crazy is the thing that's crazy is in the fourth quarter, the Heat they didn't they didn't shoot a single free throw. That's not fair. They should have shot some free throws. I know, I know for a fact that the Celtics defense is extremely good, but there's no way that they went a whole fourth quarter and didn't commit a foul. That's not right. So, in the Celtics, they almost choked that game away and they ended up giving the Larry Bird Eastern Conference MVP to Jason Tatum. Now, Jason Tatum, he did play extremely well, and he does the service props for the whole series. But, like I said, like they almost choked that game away, and to me, they they played extremely well defensively. But, you know, offensively, they were a little bit off. I was expecting for a blowout in game seven for the Celtics, especially with all the injuries that the Heat were going through. I didn't expect for it to be that close. And it ended up being close anyways. So basically, Marcus Smart, you know, he tried his best. You know, he was hitting shots, but he was taking too many shots. And then you got Jalen Brown also taking way too many shots as well, but he was missing. So These guys are kind of afraid of the moment. Now Al Horford, he was getting a lot of good rebounds and he was playing defense and things of that nature as well. And they ended up winning the series because of Al Horford for the most part. They almost lost it. And that would have been a terrible loss if they would have lost to the Heat despite what happened in game six when Jalen Brown had missed those free throws, which said he wasn't supposed to miss at all. And to me, the Celtics, they may be in for a rude awakening in the finals, but I'm not gonna speak on that right now. Next, we're gonna move on to my review of the Western Conference Finals, which was between the Warriors and the Mavericks. So the Mavericks, they did their best. Uh, everybody they were already saying that that the Mavericks were going to, to win the series before the series started. A whole lot of people were saying it. Ryan Rosillo, he was in fear. And also so was Bill Simmons. He picked the Mavericks and quite a few other media people picked the Mavericks to win the series based on what they saw against the Phoenix Suns in game seven. And if you listen to my prediction earlier, I predicted that the Mavericks would win that series in seven games. Now, I didn't predict the blowout in game seven, but I predicted that they would win that series. I just felt like Luka was gonna be too much for Devin Booker and CP3, AKA CB0. And to me, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they both shrunk under the pressure, like I expected for them to do. So Luka Doncic, he was able to take advantage of them defensively because they can't necessarily guard him, okay? Because Luka, he's just, he just has a bigger frame than Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So he was just backing them down in the post. And he was also shooting over top of them, shooting fadeaways or get into the rim when they were switched on to him. And also Mikael Bridges really couldn't guard him because of his size. McHale Bridges, he's extremely skinny. He would have had to have put some weight or get a little bit stronger to go up against somebody like Luka Doncic. Now for the Warriors, they had multiple bodies to throw at Luka Doncic and that's why they also succeeded against them, right? They had Draymond Green, they had Otto Puddle Jr. They had Andrew Wiggins, they had Clay Thompson. They had a whole bunch of players that they could throw on Luka Doncic. And he ended up shooting 42%, which in the previous series, he shot 48%. So so that's what happened with with Luka Doncic. Custom on top of that, their three-point shooters weren't up to snuff. They were balling out in game one, okay? But... They weren't able to, they they weren't able to sustain that amount of efficiency. Okay. And then they started missing in the second half, which was expected because they were on fire. I think they hit maybe about 15 to 27 threes in the first half of game one. So, so basically that's what happened from there and then after that the next thing that happened was the warriors offense was extremely was was working extremely well they turned down the turnovers and basically Draymond Green he settled in and they ended up playing extremely well and Steph Curry he ended up winning the Western Conference Finals MVP I mean MVP for the Mads Johnson Award. And basically, Steph Curry, he played better than Luka Doncic. And four out out of the five games, they won in a gentleman's sweep. Just because you have, you know, great numbers doesn't mean that, that you play better than than the person who beat you, it doesn't. Like, Like we could go to LeBron, James Harden and Kevin Durant. They may have had better numbers in terms of the overall situation. Like they may have averaged 35, they may have averaged 30 plus points, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily outplay the winning player the winning star player. So yes, Luca, he did average over 30 points, but he lost, okay? And Steph Curry, his impact on winning, making key plays, making key shots, that is what ended up helping them to win that series. And the attention that he receives on a regular basis is always key, and that's what everybody everybody's attention to on a regular basis. So that is my outlook on it. And not only that, you had Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, he was making Luka Doncic work on the defensive end. And that ended up tiring out Luka Doncic. Now, the Mavericks, they did try to double Steph and things of that nature, but it didn't work because Steph, he's used to seeing that level of defense on a regular basis in the finals or in or, or in the conference finals, like he's been through this already. And basically, Steph, he ended up doing extremely well and he ended up deserving the Western Conference Magic Johnson MVP. And basically, you know, they had a whole lot of other players that were missing as well in that series. They had Andrea Godala out. They had Gary Payton II out. And they also had Otto Porter out for stints within this series. But they ended up winning this series in five games as I predicted. And basically I was wrong about picking The Celtics to win that series, I I picked the Heat to win that series in seven seven, seven games. But now we're going to move on to my prediction in the NBA Finals. So I am predicting that the Warriors will win this series in six games. I think the Warriors have very good defense. Their defense is second in the playoffs to Boston's one. But their offense would definitely offset the, the Boston Celtics' defense, okay? This is the best offense that the, that the Celtics have faced in terms of running plays and moving without the basketball. They haven't faced anybody like that. You know, everybody, everybody they want to come at the Warriors run to the finals but nobody looks at the fact that the Brooklyn Nets didn't have any team chemistry. Right. And then on top of that, the Milwaukee bucks, they were missing Chris Middleton and the heat. They were going through a whole lot of injuries. Tyler hero was out. They also had Jimmy Butler going through, through a whole lot of issues. They had Kyle Lowry going through hamstring issues. And I believe they had a couple other players that were going through issues as well. And so that's exactly what happened. But both series went seven games. And they only had to stop one player. And they were having difficulty with stopping Jimmy Butler and also Giannis. Now, with Kevin Durant getting swept, that's more so of a chemistry situation. But not only that, Kyrie Irving, he only played 25 games in this season. So there really wasn't much that he could do in terms of his conditioning and also him being prepared to be able to win this series. And also – Ben Simmons didn't play either. So he would have been key in guarding Jason Tatum or maybe Jalen Brown, and that didn't happen. So to me, that's exactly why the Boston Celtics are where they are. And, you know, like they didn't have, they didn't have to go up against a great offense yet. Okay. So, So that's my perspective on, on that situation for the Celtics. Now, for now, for the Warriors on the other hand, they have Otto Porter returning. They have Andre Godala returning, and they also have Gary Payne II the returning. These players, they've all played key roles within the playoffs. Andre Godala, he's gonna be seamless in terms of being able to play the offense and play defense. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he sees out there. He's a veteran. He has a high basketball IQ. So that's so that's exactly what I'm expecting from, from Andre Godala to just fit in seamlessly. And then we have Gary Payton II. I'm expecting the same thing because Gary Payton, he has a lot of poise and, and he knows what he's doing. He knows his role. And and then on top of that, like his defense is exceptional, and he's going to be very key within this series. I believe that he's going to possibly play either game one or game two. So, and then you have Arda Porter, who is extremely good at at playing defense on Luca, and also in the series against. The Memphis Grizzlies, he played very good defense on Dylan Brooks. And, you know, he was sending key shots, mid-range and things of that nature. And he was doing his name. So I believe that Otto Porter, he's very key as well. And plus his offensive rebounding was extremely pivotal. And then for players like Andrew Wiggins, who has been showing up extremely well, he has been on fire on the defensive end. I believe that he's going to make Jason Tatum work on the on the defensive end and also on the offensive end. So, so to me, I think I think that this is going to go about six games. I'm expected for Steph Curry to to play extremely well in this finals. I'm expected for him to make the right play. I'm expected for him to to lead to lead his guys, and to be able to to hit key shots and key moments, and to be able to to not just you know make it all about him. He's gonna he's gonna get his just like everybody else is gonna get theirs. So, and Klay Thompson, I'm expected for him to have a consistent series. I'm expected for him to 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 do extremely well, especially on. On defense, because the Celtics they're a little bit slower when it comes to pushing the pace, and they have slower basketball players than they did in the Memphis series. So Klay Thompson he's going to be coming along, and and I believe that Jordan Poole he's going to make a lot of key plays off the bench. He's going to be able to to uh, to play his role, to go inside and 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 use this fast switch speed to be able to get to the rim and get buckets. So to me, I just think that the Warriors, you know, they have a lot of veteran talent. And then on top of that, they have a superstar in in Steph Curry, who isn't afraid at the moment, like people say he is. And to me, you know, I think that he's had a great career so far. And, And to me, like, if he could just if he wins this series and he ends up being the Finals MVP, to me, I would still have him top fifteen on time. I probably would have him maybe above. I probably I probably would still have him at maybe about eleven or twelve. And to me, you know, he, he's always been above Kevin Durant in my book because he beat Kevin Durant in the conference finals. I don't know why people keep on forgetting that, that happened. And and to me, he's also gotten to the finals on four separate occasions without Kevin Durant, okay? He got there in 2019 when Kevin Durant got hurt. He got there his first championship. He got there in 2016. and And now, he's been there again. So those are the four separate occasions that he's been there without Kevin Durant. Now, as for, you know, Kevin Durant doing extremely well, he does. You know, he was doing his thing when he was healthy on the Warriors and everybody was, you know, playing as as a cohesive unit. And, they did extremely well together. But in 2018 and 2017, Steph, he was getting double-teamed ex- extremely vigorously throughout the whole series, and he still put up numbers. Steph, he averaged, he's averaging about 26 and a half points in the finals. And in the finals in 2018, you could Make an argument for Steph to win the Finals MVP. I mean he averaged more points in the fourth quarter than Kevin Durant did. Steph Curry averaged maybe about 10 and a half points to Kevin to Kevin Durant's nine point8. Steph Curry, you know he had one bad game. Kevin Durant had one but had one bad game. So. In game one, Kevin Durant's game was bad. In game three, Steph Curry's game was bad. And Steph, he still hit key shots in that fourth quarter. And he also had some key assists as well in that fourth quarter. So in game three. In game one, Kevin Durant, he was turning the ball over a whole lot. And, you know, he was just shooting the ball a whole lot and he was missing a lot. He was cold. And, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, he's an extremely talented basketball player and, you know, he does his thing. And to me, I believe that he deserved the 2017 Finals MVP. But in my opinion, I think Steph deserved it in 2018 and in 2015. And basically, you know, because... He's a system, he's a system, you know, without him on the floor, they're not doing that well. You can see, you can just check the record with and without him. So that's the reason why I kind of have Steph above Kevin Durant. Also, you know, there's some stats out there that I can name. You know, Steph Curry, he's the most efficient 20 point score of all time. He he also is a better at the rim percentage wise than Hakeem Olajuwon and Karl Malone all time. So, you know, when you look at the ability of Steph Curry, you know, people they don't expect for him to to play as well as he does. And mostly that's because of what happened in 2016. So everybody they want to, you know, just think about what happened in 2016 when he's played in five, now six other finals. Like just look at, just look at the amount of other types of performances that he's had. Throughout his career. I mean, even in the Toronto series, where he may have lost, right, where he lost, he still averaged 30 points despite being boxing one on defense. So, give Steph Curry his credit. Right? So, also within this series, you know, I believe that Jason Tatum, he's gonna get his numbers, and I believe that Jalen Brown may may be able to get good numbers as well. And I also believe that Martin Smart is gonna play a very key role. He's he's gonna be able to, to disrupt some plays, and he's gonna be able to, to play extremely well at very key moments. So I don't think this is gonna be a sweep. I don't think that this is going to be a five-game series. I think it's going to be Warriors in six games. I think that the Warriors do have a chance to be able to win in five games. But I also believe that the Warriors, they may be able to run into some, into some trouble based on how, how the Boston Celtics may come out not giving up. You know, I could see them, you know, continuing to try hard, continuing to keep it pushing and continuing to make it a series. So, but I wouldn't be shocked if it does go 5 games. I wouldn't be shocked. But right now I'm predicting Warriors in 6 games. I think the Warriors are going to be able to to just play as a team and they're not going to be like, they're not going to be so flustered because they've been in the finals before. Unlike the Boston Celtics team, you know, they have experience in the playoffs. Their core guys do pertaining to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. They all have experience, so does Al Horford, but this is a bigger stage in the conference finals, way bigger stage. So, And I'm expecting for Jalen Brown to to fall under the pressure. You know, Marcus Smart, I'm expecting for him to keep fighting. Jason Tatum, I'm expecting for him to get his numbers, but I'm expecting for him to be inefficient. Okay? I'm expecting for Draymond Green to play a very key role in playmaking and playing defense I at – at an extremely high level, not having too many miscues. I'm also expecting for Looney to do his thing as well. I'm expecting for for Kevon Looney to ball out on offensive rebounds and things of that nature. So so these are my expectations for the series and this is my prediction. I'm, I'm predicting Warriors in six. I do think that their coach can come up with a very good game plan, but to me, I believe that their offense is gonna be the deciding factor for who will win this series. And if they're shooting way too many threes, it's not gonna go well for the Boston Celtics. And to me, I also believe that, you know, the Warriors are gonna push the pace So I think it's going to be very tough for the Boston Celtics to be able to overcome this type of offense. And yes, you know, the Celtics, they did have success against the Warriors in the regular season, but they didn't have Clay Thompson. And also in, in the regular season where the Warriors beat the Celtics in Boston, they didn't have Clay Thompson. So now they do. And, you know, Andre Godel, I believe is gonna play a key role, like I said, so. So that's my prediction on the NBA Finals. As for everything else, I will be doing a review of the NBA Finals when it's over. I will also be giving my perspective on other situations that may have happened throughout the NBA postseason, I will also be bringing on a guest on the NBA Finals Review. And basically, just continue to like, comment, and subscribe. And have a great rest of your weekend and week. And remember, let's not be inches, feet, meters, nor yards. Let's be miles ahead.